My name's Steph and this is Ange. Hi. Welcome to Million Miles an Hour Mum. Knowing Ange for eight years and working with her for two, I spend a lot of time with her. I think too, like, you know the old, you know, if it doesn't scare you, goals aren't big enough. Like, if you told me two years ago that I was going to sit down and go, I'm going to clear a million dollars in gross commission this year, that's my goal, um, which is now even bigger than that. But, you know, that, that that's where we started. <laughs> I would have been like, fuck, like, you're crazy. Like, you haven't you, you haven't hit 700 yet, so... Yeah, let's it's focus a, it's back like, into the like, original like goal. Let's, let's just take a, take a minute. And I would have been like, oh, really? Like, I can't imagine that that's where I'm at. Through this podcast, I'm going to ask, prod and tease out every little thing there is to know about Angela Duncan. Mum of two, wife of one, going after 100 deals in heels this year. We hope you find us as interesting as we find ourselves. I love that your reaction to the word bosses, but it's a mentality that I think you do very well and that you, I guess, you emulate in your day-to-day life. But the way we're going to talk about it is setting goals, having a team, being a boss in the general sense, but also, I guess, just completely owning that higher level of I don't know, understanding about business. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The fuck do I start with that? (laughs) (laughs) So good. So I think we need to start from the beginning a little bit. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. um, Okay, so I – oh, God, here we go. So I was probably 15 when I decided I wanted to be a real estate agent. Um, which was surprising Just a young and whippersnapper. Dip- disappointing for many people that <laughs> in my family. What? A real estate they were agent? Like, oh, okay, how exciting. Um, so uh, basically my mum helped me get a traineeship while I was at school. So on grade 11 and grade 12, instead of going to school on a Monday, I went to a real estate office and on a Saturday as well. So um, I started as obviously reception, admin, everything you do, um, pro- uh, property management stuff, PA stuff, anything I kind so of did. So really the, the low – Yeah, just I entry, entry, entry level stuff. Entry level, yeah. yeah. Just learning the ropes, um, folding letters, like whatever you got to do yeah. um, to be there. And I was just – I loved being there. Like I loved like them coming back from – stuff and like telling me about things and asking questions and I didn't care about staying back an hour and helping do a mail merge for some old duck you know what I mean like I was happy to do whatever I had to do look it was 10 years ago um so you know I was happy to do that um and then I guess I always saw myself I want to be an agent I probably didn't realize then what that took but I finished high school and um always assumed that I would just stay working in that little small family business um and unfortunately, it just was was too small, and they just didn't have the um, the size for me. So, I remember seeing a Seek ad saying um, Ray White Aspley was looking for sales cadet sale called at the time. They went for an interview, which felt like it took forever, um, and they started me on a three day trial. And and arguably, that would probably have been one of the first times that you interviewed properly for a job. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I, you know, I mean, the good thing is I'd been working. So it's like, what do you need to know? Like I can, <laughs> I, yeah. I've been around a real estate office and, yeah. and that kind of thing. So the role that I originally started as for a sales cadet was basically this, you'd get to work before eight, you'd spend half an hour preparing some call lists from 8.30 till one. 
um, or 8.30 to 12, you would just pick up the phone and call and say, hey, you're looking to sell. Hey, your house is sold nearby. Would you like any further information? Any appraisals or any appointments or anything of interest off that just got handed to a senior agent, which is cool. Have lunch and then from 2 till 5 or 6 would be door knocking. And there was literally a guy paid. So we were all – there's probably seven of us at the time, all 18, 19 – and there was a guy who was like in his mid-20s and he was literally paid to sit in the car and watch us door knock and make sure we actually went to the front door. It was so full on. So that was my job for probably the first six months, which is really cool because it teaches you like, like everyone thinks real estate straight to the top. Like you have to be good at the basics and getting out of your comfort zone and just repetitive tasks to get, to move up the ladder, I guess. So did that for a while, became a PA for, uh, market was changing. So it came, um, became a PA for, a sales manager or an experienced agent at the time that I probably credit with being one of the most important sort of six months of my career um, whereby I was working a lot of real estate agents are like this gift of the gab phenomenal at signing up a client phenomenal at getting in the door from that point all service stops or from that point they're like not interested it's, it's kind of a catch and kill um, oh, I love that analogy yeah and so a lot of my job very, very quickly became understanding what what makes clients upset so that I could avoid that or becoming the person that put out fires. And I'm talking about, you know, I started in this business when I was 17 years old. And whilst I've always considered myself sort of an older soul or like quite mature, my job was literally to call people and say, I know my boss did that and I'm mm. so sorry and I'm going to make it up to you and this is what I've done to, you know, to kind of move forward from that. And that was just an expectation that that was my job and he just got on with it. For sure. Um, so that was very much like a sink or swim kind of situation for me. And then as time progressed, um, obviously I always wanted to go and be real estate agent. So I remember one time meeting a buyer and they said, you know, we're going to be selling our house. And here's me, like, 18 years old. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I'll come out and give you an appraisal um, and going out to this little sort of modest house in Zilmia. And um, I just came back to the office and my boss at the time was like, you know, where the hell have you been? <laughs> and I was like, well, here's a – it was called 22A. Jerry I, hasn't been watching you talking today. I was like, what here's a 22A. Um, I've got a listing. And he's like, oh, okay. And I went, well, I'm an agent now. So <laughs> which is probably sums me up for my life anyway. But I was like, this is what I do now. I'm an agent. Um, and, you know, like obviously live and learn and whatever. And it's so funny because bless those little old couple that gave me that house. But like I drove them around to like 15 houses, two hours. Like they were moving to the country. I drove them to the country to find a little house. Like I just, you know, just gave it everything I've got. Um, but isolate that. Like you, that was your only priority and you like – completely over-serviced yeah. and, and I guess I just worked out what I worked out what wasn't working for my current boss and what he did terribly and I was like that's something that I never I was so embarrassed to be in that role do you know what I mean mm. like I was so much like I'm so sorry that he lied to you and like that this you know what I mean like this is what I wanted so it's just the opposite of what I wanted to be and I think that really gave me a platform of not a role model but like what I wanted to be and there was an element of that sink or swim as you say but also like a I'm learning what not to do. Yeah. Yeah. So um, where did we go from there? So then we had a better sales manager come in and it was like very encouraging, very motivating, you know, like same thing, market changed. Um, I think I was about 19. Yeah, I was just turned 19 when I was 
listing and selling on my own. And I probably was getting to that point of having, you know, five or six clients at any one time, which now I look back and go, Jesus Christ, I could do that with my eyes closed. But Mm. at the time it was like very overwhelming. And there was another agent in the office at the time who was doing well, but, you know, probably same thing, great at getting the listing, but then just not with the touchy-feely stuff, I suppose you just call it, where you are all over them and how can I help and and too much information is, is the job. So um, I employed him as a PA at the time um, and we worked really well together for the first sort of six months and, and that kind of gave me the idea of capacity and like what's next and how do you build on like how do you get busier? And at the time I didn't know what it was like to be a boss. All I knew was that Saturdays I had too many open homes to do and I needed someone to do open homes for me. And then like during the week was like, good God, like what am I going to tell you to do all day every day? <laughs> and I probably cycled through three or four PAs, you know, that all stayed three to six months at that time. And I look back now and go, I have so much of more of an understanding that you know, 90% of people that fail for you are probably failing because you're a shit leader or because you missed the point or you missed – you know, markers. So now so you were learning how not to be a leader. Well, I didn't know it at d- the time. I was giving it everything, but I was sure. same thing. I didn't understand so much about the business. I just understood that like I was paying them a salary and they were earning the same amount of money as me. Yeah. And, I, and everyone, everyone tells you, Oh, you're busy, hire a PA. And you're like, but what does that mean? And, yeah. and, and how do I pay them? And, and what does yeah. that look like? Yeah. Um, and you know, had some wins, but had some staff that, yeah, I I didn't know what to do with them. So then you'd get a couple of months in and be like, right, I've spent 10 grand on you and I don't really have any return. And now I blame you. Like not, you wouldn't really be that blunt about it, but you'd be like, and then they're probably going, I'm learning nothing. Like what is going on here? That's absolutely the mentality of people though. It's still the mentality. I've paid you $10,000 and you haven't done this. And it's like, yeah, I'm not making any more sales. But the, the difference was because, and same thing, looking back is so easy to see. But at the time, it's like, they didn't know what I wanted. I wasn't writing to-do lists. I was like, oh, I'm going out for four hours. When I come back, like, hopefully you've miraculously worked out what to do with yeah. your day. Um, and it was, very, it was very reactive work. So the phone rings, you react to that. You you weren't really, yeah, you weren't building a business. You were just kind of hanging onto your seat and hoping that it works out but understandably in that point in your end of time in your career there was no way like (laughs) yeah there was no way for you to understand and there had been no trial and error of your career that you kind of got to a point where I guess it it was that yeah so I guess over, over the course of probably the next what five to six years so I think um, we changed sales manager to like who's now obviously one of my best friends and like business partner but Robert came into the business I would say, what, 2013? No, earlier than that. It was, so it was before I met my husband. So, oh, yeah, yeah. So, so Robert knew me as single Ange, who would work 80 hours a week and would be at the office till 10 o'clock at night and had nothing else to do, like just worked, I guess, and was starting to really get the hang of staff, like starting to – I had I had a staff member work for me for – three or four years, had another one work for me for two years. So I, I kind of got to the point where I always had two two PAs at any one time. Which is huge. Which is a lot. And probably that. overstart, same thing, like not knowing really how to work efficiently at the time. Um, and then, yeah, so obviously when I met my husband, I was just, that's what I did, that's who I was and that's like what kind of worked for me. So then um, when I, yeah, when I get married, I guess my picture of success probably changed because same thing. It's very different when 
apart from my dear old mum and dad, like I didn't need to be home. No one was waiting for me. No one was harassing me saying, what time do you want to finish work? Or if <laughs> it didn't matter. Mm. It was like kind of my own show. But I think your idea of a success when you were a cadet was like, oh my God, I want to be an well, agent see, and thing. I want to get listings. When, you, when you're 15 and you think I'm going to be a real estate agent, it's because you just see everyone drive a Mercedes and you think, well, that's that's fucking it. Like that's the goal. Mm. So, you know, there's so, so much more than that. Um, but then... Same thing when I was when I was 22 and working 80 hours a week, I was like, "This is success!" Like, what do you mean? Mm. Like, and I wasn't even really making that much money then. But you're just like, "Places this is, to be six six pe- days a week." Yeah, people, people, people yeah. I'm, I need to be in the office because mm. you're not successful unless you're not locking up the office and unlocking the office. Like that's how that's what it is. And then, obviously, when you have a partner and it's a real shift because you're like, "Oh, I actually don't want to be at work." Yeah. I actually want to leave when he's yeah. at home. And that's probably when you start to get a few little hints of like, I need to be a little bit smarter with my time because I want like, what's the point of working to have no one at the end of the day to come home to. So that was a real shift that probably led me into like way before kids. Uh, but same thing. It's easy to have a husband that you, you meet at seven o'clock and have dinner at eight. Like it's a bit different than having to have dinner on the food on the table at 5 PM now. Mm. But um yeah, I think like that probably led me to where I'm now, where now I've been doing this 13 years. I mean, I'm not yet 30, but I've had probably, oh, I don't know, 18 staff in my time, which is actually pretty good now. I've slowed down the turnover. But now, you know, like my um, ability to manage stuff or like how I see my future of like mentoring stuff that is like so different. And I went through a period of time couple of years ago where I like same thing before kids where I was like oh I want to be a sales manager I don't want to sell anymore I want to run a team and like just boss people around and teach them what I know and hope that that pays enough. off and yeah. yeah that pays off and then you actually look at the logistics of that and go oh man managing people really suck sometimes and I mean <laughs> not glamorous I said this, like take this the right way from someone that works for me but <laughs> it's exhausting because it's not about real estate and I think that's the thing that really has taken a little while to hit home and that when I talk to people that are like I'm 25 and I want to manage a team I'm like I get it I've been there but it's got nothing to do with how good you're at real estate that might be a real bonus but what matters in in our business right now where we have like 65 staff is like what matters is how you can support one when things aren't going right. It's mm. not like teaching them when they're ambitious and when they have goals and yeah. when they're happy to work. It's, I think there's a certain element, especially in this industry, where you can teach someone scripts and dialogue and what to say to your, your seller and your buyer, but you need to learn how to individually motivate it's people. Not even, it's not even that. It's literally like, like I said, it's like it's working people when they're not going well. But like I know with, with obviously like, you know, dealing with Rob, it's like people coming in going, my wife's leaving me. Or I can't afford to put fuel in my car today. Or I don't know if real estate's for me anymore because it's just really challenging for me. Or that my is freaking confronting. And, and that's and that's what management is about. Yeah. And that's not only going, okay, cool, but can you make your four hundred phone calls this week? Like it's it's like turning that around. And that's something that I am passionate about, but it's really not got to do with what the job is. It's like how do you Look at the, identify the traits that are best in that person. Make sure that that is supported by you, and hopefully aligns with what you want as well. But getting the best out of someone is is really so much more than the actual job. And like I said, I think I said we were driving um, on the drive up today talking about this in the car. But like, it's so much give and take. And I said to you, like with caution again, someone that works <laughs> for me. But I have three full time staff, and I 
believe that I create a job where you create a role, create a role like it's not even a job. Like I, when I interview people, like you're on call, like I'm going to text you at 7am on a Sunday and I'm going to expect a reply and I'm going to be on the emails at 11 o'clock at night. And I mean, I don't expect a reply, but I mean, I'm going to be surprised if you don't like, <laughs> but I feel like, you're like, I, Hey, I'm working. Are you not working yeah, too? I create, I feel like I create a role where you can't say no to me. And that's something that isn't, you don't, you never want to abuse that power, but it is that give and take relationship whereby if you're going to work a business that is like the industry that we do, you have to have buy-in. You have to have them believe that it's not just my business, it's it's our business and we're all going to benefit and we're all going to be able to, you know, move towards our own goals by working together on it. Yeah. Um, but you do, it's so, so important because if people are there just for like a nine to five job, like they're just, they're just not going to have Expectation any, versus reality And sometimes. that's the difference that I never wanted to be like when I was in my first PA role in that I wanted people to care for my clients the way that I do um, because other, because then it's, it's a uniform relationship. Well, how do you take on more capacity and how yeah. do you grow if you can't teach your people to, to emulate the type of yeah. – the, the value that you bring to your business? Yeah. It just doesn't work. Yeah. Interesting. So who is the right person? How do you find that person? Oh, is it dear. more about understanding the type of person you are and someone that, you know, maybe has the same traits or has that same drive or... I don't know. I think it's hard. Like in the beginning, you hire people that sit down in front of you and go, I want to be you, as cringeworthy as that is. They're like, oh, okay, you're 22 and you're doing okay and you're, you know, like working your way up and that's what I want to be. And then like that's all well and good, but then you've got like all sorts of conflict on the power struggle I yeah. guess or like oh okay well how come it happened faster for you yeah than it does for me and Absolutely. that's something we're talking about like you can have people in this job or in any job that work their way up the corporate ladder in two years and you can have people it takes 20 years to see the same results and there might not be a real but reason why I want to be you is sometimes the two minute snapshot into the, your Instagram story that you see each day. <laughs> yeah. It's not the 24 hours or the 15 and year career not that behind I had four, it. I didn't have four people on the phone to me crying today, mate. Yeah. Like, there's a lot going on here. Absolutely. Like, again, that perception versus reality so is I very different. A lot of the people that I've working for me in the last five years, honestly, have been um, introduced through mutual connections, really, which I think is interesting because, I mean, it's, it's always been who you know, but obviously more than ever now. And I think that probably was a good introduction because – it's like someone introduces you who already has more of an idea than who you are on the surface. So they probably have a little bit more, but I mean, Jackie long, Jackie worked for me for five years and she got the job because I had a PA work for me for three year, three months. And she literally just walked in. I mean, she wasn't, she was fine. Like she was doing okay. Like it was just too early to know three months. You don't know if someone's a stayer, you know what I mean? And she just walked in and resigned one day and I was like, Jesus Christ. Like I was so busy. And Robert goes, I've got a, I've got a girl for you. She's coming in at three o'clock. And I walked into the office and he'd been chatting to her for 20 minutes. She looked friendly and I like presented well. And he goes, Oh, what do you think? And I was like, yeah, you can start tomorrow. And I walked out. Like I didn't talk to her. I literally was like, if you believe she can keep up with me, I got no choice, mate. I'm about to tear my hair out. Like just put someone in the desk and I'll work out the rest. And cre you know, credit to her, that's a person who can think on has their feet. Made, and has yeah, made it work. Has made it work. And not everyone would, but Absolutely that that not. person stayed with me then for five years and through two children. That's the fairy tale. That's a fairy tale experience. Yeah. yeah. And then I've uh, you know, obviously not too just no too. Um, 
far away. I have had someone I had to let go, you know, kind of mutually separate for after three years. Mm. And then someone who's worked for me for six weeks that I had to say, and it wasn't anything that person was doing wrong. It literally just came to the point where I go, I am so aware now of what I need in a person and in in what you do in your first three days, I know whether you're going to work or not. Yeah. And that's that's the kind of the crazy part. And it, it's probably something that they can't change about themselves. It's just you just know what you need. But you have such a... Um, you have such an, uh, a clear understanding of who you are as the boss. But I think it's it's the and role. And what you need from yeah, that person. it's the role. And, like, I need, I'm a quick thinker. I need a quick thinker. I need someone that shows initiative. If you're sitting there twiddling your thumbs and you haven't been able to create work mm. when there is literally nothing that needs to never be done. I don't need the problem. I need the yeah. problem solution. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, and, and same thing, like you said, understanding my boundaries of when I am not wanting to be contacted. Like... Yes, I'm always going to answer the phone to you, but know when you shouldn't need to call me, like when yeah. you can think on your own. It's just yeah. little little stuff Absolutely. Um, from people now. But I think too we touched on really quickly before about people that think that every day is going to be a perfect day. Mm. Like that's really important in a trait that I look for someone that understands that there will be days that are shit, yeah. that you're going to have to work for me until 7 o'clock at night and your husband's on the text saying where the hell are you and giving you shit for that. I understand. <laughs> but I also need the person that's got the grit to, to suck it up on those yeah. days too. So yeah, Have you yeah. been reading my, te- my text messages? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Literally. Um, but that that's hard. So I, I think – you obviously know the type of person that you want, but how do you find them? Mutual friends. And I love this idea of being coming an attraction business, you know. Yeah, I don't think that's just for cl- – I mean, obviously for us, a lot of a lot of that we're trying to build that from a client point of view yeah. as well, um, which is so weird being like, how do I make it so I'm a magnet to people that want to sell a house or whatever? But like I said, it's using the networks that you have – for a financial gain I guess or yeah. for like for networking in its in its best way and I don't necessarily think it's even directly related to real estate it's no. becoming an attraction business in whatever you are if you yeah. want to record a podcast you need to find the people that are on your vibe for that if you if you want to scan groceries for the rest of your life and you are, you know, find find a coming that 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 takes care of the person. I just doing need that. people around me that are passionate about what they do, and I don't yeah. care if that makes if you're if you're the cleaner or if you're the boss or if you're whatever. Like that's fine, but like it's personality traits that, um, you know, like when I was a receptionist, did I care about staying an hour later? Never did I. Was I like your job might start at eight thirty, but you're there at eight, so then you you know you're yeah. ready, you're sorted. Like it's just personality traits that are always happy to go the extra mile, and I think that should be resonated in every sure. part of your whole life. Yeah, absolutely. Have the care factor. Mm. Why why do you think us crazy humans want to work for you specifically? <sighs> such a hard question um <laughs> throw your head back and roll I your think eyes people uh, I don't know I don't know the words I want to use they're so cringy um <laughs> <laughs> I think people obviously like you know you don't go to a hairdresser with shit hair like you want to go to something that looks like they're selling a fair few houses yeah. it looks like they've got it going on yeah I think there is a misconception that people like that I have my shit together which is not always the case but I think you know that you have that majority of process the time. that it's like under control um obviously you want to go from people that are able to lead you or are able to give you some kind of guidance so um but i think like probably 
you want like I want to be exciting like I when I'm sitting at the table from a client like I want to look like I'm genuinely excited to be there when you sit across the table and you're like I want to help you build my career you know I want you to help me build my career like that is a that that's I want to do that I'm not just here out of obligation like I want to be part of your journey I want you to look back and go I work for Ange and that helped me get to the point where I am now so um create an environment where there's atmosphere and and just energy and you you have a very much like my team is my family. Yeah. Above Everyone above tells all, you don't get close to stuff. <laughs> including, so respectfully, including your husband oh, has yeah. had similar so opinions. My husband comes from a very corporate world. Absolutely. Where like you don't text socially your staff, yeah. your, like people after work and you don't follow them on social media yeah. after work and like yeah. things like that. So, uh, which I'm sure has changed. But I think that's just who I am. And same thing when I said about buy-in, like, there's there's I'm extremely transparent so like I just think you have to you have to be like that if you expect like I think you said before if I'm gonna call you at eight o'clock on a Saturday night when you're out to dinner with your family and I expect you to answer then there's gonna be give and take in that as well so then you're you're part of my family and I'm part in that and there's there's always gonna be boundaries or parts where you're like oh I just love to switch off and I'm gonna hang out with these friends and not invite my team because I just need to not be part of work today um, but yeah, I, I think it come it just comes down to that connection. So if you if you are wanting to engage your team more, and if you are wanting to, like, what do you think specifically are the key, like, f- you know, parts of making them feel like family? I think you need to know what makes them tick, and just realize that different people are not this. Like, different people have different goals. There are people that are happy to work in your team or in your business who it's not it work is not their big goal end all. And they can even be in a job that is technically a career-focused job, but as long as they meet a minimum expectation for an income, then their family's fine and they would rather have balance and have more time off. And then there's people that go, I'm here because I want to own this whole frigging show one day. Yeah. Like, and that's and you have to work out that different – and people can also change and different things throw people and, and that can change all the time. So um, I am very much – like obviously I'm a vision board person, but like I know what – my team want to do like I know which I know someone wants to buy a house this year I know someone wants to have a baby this year like I know that stuff and I think that's important so that you can level with them on the good days and the bad days but also you can inspire them and you can drive them because there's days when they don't have the energy to kick their own ass and you can come in and go I'm not going to be nice to you today because you need to kick up the butt and you're going to hate it today but next month you're going to be happy for it but I need you to lift I need you to give more you need to level up and this is this is how yep. we're going to do it. Yeah, and you want the good, bad and ugly out of me and today it's not the good. Yeah. Do you feel that you've always had a good understanding for of the person and what drives them and what motivates them? I think so. I ask a lot of questions. Like I'm obviously I'm you know like inquisitive I guess about people in general. So yeah, I think so. But but like same thing, I'm a straight shooter. What do you want? Where do you want to be in five years? Do you want to work for me for the rest of your life? Do you want to work for me for 12 months and and move on to a greener pasture? Do you not know? I guess I'm probably more attracted to people that know what they want because that's just who I am. And I, I said, I, things can change, but for the most part, you can take two steps forward and one step back, but you're heading the, right, the same mm. direction. And you're purposely matching that specific person for, you know, a role that you've created or, yeah. you know, it's part and parcel that there's the role is one thing, but it also needs to have the person to fit in there. Yeah. As and well. like, obviously selfishly, I'm always going to manage from what I need from people and what, you know, th- and from that role, but you can adapt to be working on things that they need for their own self-development too. Have you always been taken seriously as a boss? Um, no, no, probably not. I, and like I said, that probably comes from when you're young, it's so hard to like, 
have most of my staff were older than me for a long time um even even now actually but it's just (laughs) only just for you but you know like (laughs) it's just when I said that um I think you can't be credible when you don't know what you're talking about too and I think people see bullshit so obviously when I was younger I was just working it out and I you know made it work and probably pulled it off better than most but you know I didn't actually know you roll with the punches more than you more than it's like a plan yeah and I think too like I I've always been outspoken, but, you know, to a degree was still working out in my mid-20s. But even, I guess, w- approaching my own principles and wanting to, you know, and kind of sitting across the from them being like, I want to be a manager, I want to be a sales manager, I want to be a business owner. That certainly didn't get the response that I thought it would have, early, you know, in my early 20s to, you know, where I am now, which obviously is all part of the journey but yeah at, at the time no absolutely not but I think you just don't stop asking the question for sure you can't take a no I look said I just don't take no for an answer I mean there was a part of the time where I was about to walk out of the business because yeah. other people were giving me the answers that I wanted versus um you know what I yeah what I was getting where I am uh, but I sort of reflect on that as more of a catalyst to everything We've, we've, we've spoken quite in depth about that. And that was very much that I think half the responsibility was you didn't feel like you could ask for a seat at the table, Yeah, but it's an, it's an interesting dynamic. I don't want to say it's because I'm a female, but you know, like there's always that in the back of your mind of being like, okay, I'm like a 23, 24 year old woman. And you know, like I have runs on the board, but you're not like haven't changed the game mm. um but have inte- have ambition to have changed to and and approaching that being like obviously everyone would love opportunities to throw themselves in front of them but having to go and sort of ask the question and be like can this be a possibility can mm. this be a reality and I think as well once you've gotten to a certain point in your, in your career where you're like year on year I've grown and I've done this and I've been I've been here for six years and I've I've seen the entry-level job and I've conquered yeah. that and I've done the door knocking I've done this yeah but there's always the element of someone saying yeah but we want more before we give you something yeah. or a no and yeah. then what happens with that the fear of a no yeah how do you how do you translate that that into? Well, I think obviously, like years ago, when that was the case, the reaction was like start crying Catch your up. eyes out and have a tantrum and quit, mm. um, which was what happened. <laughs> You're um, like, oh, maybe that's why I'm not being taken seriously. So I think, <laughs> and I think same thing. Like you, you have to have moments in your career where you look back and go, okay, it was not a good time, but that shapes you, and that's all, all those sort of cliches. But remember the time? So I quit my I quit my job, and I was going to open a real estate office with backing and that was all happening and I got to the point of like the last day like I I, you know was resigning and it was just I just wasn't prepared for what came beyond that like I'd worked for these people since I was 17 years old and I was at least I'm so loyal such a loyal person like so basically I'm like okay cool I'm gonna quit and then I just like couldn't stop crying couldn't stop throwing up couldn't stop thinking about like okay, well, now I'm letting people down, even though they've pissed me off. Like, I don't want to let them down. I don't want them to think differently of me. Mm. Um, but I think there was also an element for you that deep down inside, I, I think... I didn't want to go. No, no. But I think as well, you weren't finished. No. And you I like I there did, was more. I just didn't feel like there was the opportunity there. And potentially without that happening, there was not the opportunity. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like, it opened doors that weren't otherwise there. Um, and, you know, I like, I literally remember... Like driving my car, I just need to get out, like driving my car and like sitting at the waterfront at Sandgate and like crying my eyes out and like the CEO of our company coming to meet me and just like let me sit in the car and cry and just be like, it's Mm. like, it's okay. Like just take a breath. Like you don't have to quit. You can quit. It doesn't matter. Like let's just start from scratch and go, (laughs) how did did we get to this point? But the funny thing is as like a mid twenties, like for me, that was my life ending because 
real estate's all I've ever known or my business all I've ever known or those colleagues were all I've ever known. The people like basically group, you know, were my second parents in that office. So, um, you know, but like I look back at that and reflect that that was an absolute catalyst in my career because I grew up overnight. I learned so much more about the bigger picture, um, about the people I was working with. Like, and so fortunately for me, that turned around in my favor, not just personally, but for so many changes that happened within our business from all the way up to the top, all the way down to the bottom that I now look back on and go, that's why our business is like hyper growth mode, not just personally, but like as a company mm. that I now own a share of. So you but know, it's got to happen. An element of that was you learning to communicate more. Yeah. You're taking a step back before you, 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 you took and a step and forward. And I'm talking about when I am a hot-headed, like scream attention seeking, like the works, you mm. know, which I'm probably still a little bit, but, you know, like <laughs> have matured a little bit onwards. So Absolutely. it's a different world now. And what about your goals? Yeah. Goals are a huge part, I guess, of the element of growth throughout just think and like you've got to measure things if you want to be able to improve them too so I'm a details person and I track everything and I just feel like if you're not moving forward you're going backwards and that is what real estate's like and I am fortunate that even having children I've been able to at least stay the same if not grow every year I've never I've unfortunately like touched one like never so far had to had to go backwards in you know number of sales or income or anything like that so I'm just a competitive person like with my I don't I don't find myself same thing like years ago I would have benchmarked myself on other agents and been like I've got to beat that person or whatever whereas now I it's just with myself and what I want to do and for no other reason than to prove to myself that I can do it yeah. or to show other people that like it's not impossible if you just have some thought about it I think the interesting part is that throughout any career things change you change as a person mm. you go through different aspects of the job and you learn how to do things differently and you become more confident in that role and then you seek for more yeah you go out there and you you say well I want more responsibility as a sales manager yeah. I want I want more responsibility as a, a, a part business owner yeah and then when you get it it's like you then have to set a new goal of well, I need to to grow this and I, I need to do that. I think too, like, you know, the old, you know, if it doesn't scare you, goals aren't big enough. Like if you told me two years ago that I was going to sit down and go, I'm going to clear a million dollars in gross commission this year, that's my goal, um, which is now even bigger than that. But, you know, that, that that's where <laughs> we started. I would have been like, fuck, like you're crazy. Like you haven't, you, you haven't hit 700 yet. So... Yeah, let's it's focus a, it's like, the like, original like goal. let's let's just take a take a minute and I would have been like oh really like I can't imagine that that's where I'm at but like I said things change and different things drive you and having children for me lit a fire in me that I'm like if I'm gonna put my kids in daycare and I'm gonna come to work and I'm gonna say that it's all for me to like you know be the best version of myself that I'm not gonna do it half-assed and I'm going to do it to be not just like the best person for me. I'm going to have to be the fucking best at it anyway. Mm. So that's what was probably a, you know, a big driver in that. And I know we'll, we'll kind of come to it, but like we sat down at the beginning of this financial year and yeah. I think it was like May or something mm -hmm. because I like to plan three months ahead at any time. <laughs> and Ari was like nine weeks old. So I was like coming to the office like once or twice a week or just doing everything remote. Yeah, from I, needed, my home, I needed cuddles. From so you are bringing study. Ari in. And it's fun. Oh, mate, newborns are easy. They sleep all day when you're trying to work. But um, so we sat down and we're like, okay, cool. And at the time I had a staff member that was very dear to me that had been through two pregnancies and two babies with me who it just, we were both just kind of burnt out in our relationship. And so it was time for us to part ways. And that was really emotional because I, you know, like someone that's next to you when you're, 
like having morning sickness trying to sign a contract like it's very personal it's For very sure. intimate so um that was happening and then I had so you had by chance called me when I, I think I just found out I was pregnant I was pretty early I think on like it was 10 weeks or something no it was I think it was about three and a half four weeks okay it was oh yeah God. you're not even supposed to know you're pregnant at that point but For God sure. forbid I do so um I mean everything's tracked right? everything's tracked so you so you called me and said I'm thinking about getting back into real estate and yep. I was like Oh, okay, well, hold that thought a minute. Because I was calling you because it, just because I, th- I thought you know you're you're my first go to. Yeah, you're the you're the person I'd kind of stayed in contact with, and I thought. I'm feeling crazy for thinking up. this. I'm just going to call is, her and see what and she like thinks. And like now that recruitment is a big part of my interest, yeah. Um, like that's the that's a role I want to play. For sure. When people think real estate, and I'm going to think about getting into the job, yeah. Or I'm thinking about changing brands. You want I them want to them think to Angela. call me. Yeah. So I was like, okay, cool. Um, but the timing was just uncanny that I was like, okay, because at this point I can't hire anyone green. Like it's yes. just I don't have the time, and I'm way too bossy and way too um <laughs> appropriate directly thing. directly communicating that it would just scare anyone off or they just wouldn't learn it wouldn't be right so i was like oh okay that could be a good fit so i remember saying to you like okay let's catch up next week because yep. i'm pregnant and i only have one pa yeah. and my world's about to come crashing yeah. down because i have like 40 listings on the market <laughs> and i'm just like oh i was just calling for a chat but you're that like sounds no great. okay i'll have a job <laughs> offer in your inbox so <laughs> um so obviously we caught up and like went through that but we sat down and i was like okay cool and I think you something that was quite interesting even to myself, but having my second child, I was like, I'm done. Like whether I have another kid, it's another, another conversation for another day. But I was like, I want to be back. I want to be, I want to be, I want to absolutely scale you up. You wanted to be bigger than ever. Yeah. And I feel like I knew that from the second I gave birth, I was like, yeah. cool, I'll have a couple of chill months and then I'll just be like, Let's get it. Yeah. I think it was the timing. Ari was born in February. You had a few months to kind I was of always, gel. I'm always a first of July. Like I'm yeah. always a financial year kind of person yeah. anyway. But so we sat down and we we're like, okay, cool. So I think last year we settled 59 houses or something, you know, probably at like Around sort there. of high 60s under contract, but something like that. And um, we're like, okay, cool. What are we going to do? And I said to you that I wanted to be back and off the back of probably same thing, a bit of like negative press. But like when <laughs> I when I was pregnant, I or when I was like having a baby, rumors were ah, that agents yeah. in my marketplace were contacting my clients and saying, mate, Anne just having a couple of years off with her kids. So like I know you said you were gonna sell with her, but like she's gone. She's out of the picture. Which upset me for like a minute and then absolutely like fired me up. So, so I, I, I really want you to, to share what you did to counteract this. Okay, so <laughs> it sounds so dumb now. So I was like, okay, cool. Well, I'm going to call it the rebrand. So I went out and bought like a new car and like completely redid all my branding. And I did a letterbox drop, which had a family photo professionally taken of like my newborn baby with my family, like full on the yeah. stairs in my, ha- in my house. And I um, basically put a letterbox drop out to my whole marketplace saying like, we're a family business here for your family. And, you know, like I'm fucking I'm, working. I'm, here. I'm working. Call yeah. me. This is my yeah. number. Yeah. It has not changed. And um, we just doubled down on prospecting and that kind of thing, like as a team, obviously. And uh, it was just really good timing in my marketplace because it was extremely well received by my target. And, and, and we just really built on that. But not even your target market. I think that's not giving yourself a lot of credit. I think but it was I received. Got con- a lot of real estate agent you mums just it. reached you just out to it. me and were like, this is hilarious because I'm going back to work and I'm like, why? Do, how could anyone ever use that as a negative against you? Like mums are the sure. most like got their shit together people yeah. ever. So mums um, make it happen. Yeah. 
we were looking at the financial year ahead. So I don't really know how this came about, but I was like, I'm a catchy, I'm, a, I'm like a catchphrase person. I love a motiv- motivational quote like the rest of them. Like I was like, okay, cool. Let's set a goal. I want to be back. I want to focus on something. I got to hire new staff. I got to do the whole thing. Um, let's do a hundred deals in heels. I, I remember I was in the car and you called me and told me this. I was, and like, I was like, what do you think about this? And a uh, hundred deal. <laughs> and you were like, <laughs> hold up girl. We just hundred deals. Yeah. So um, love shoes. No secret. Um, but a hundred deals and it's, it's just, I mean, you, you can't I. put 45 deals. It doesn't work. <laughs> like it's gotta be a bigger goal. So a hundred was like, cool. And so obviously being like, whatever show off that I am, I'm like, righto on my socials. Hey guys, tune in. I'm back to work and I'm going to do a hundred deals this year. So cool. Get on board. Um, which was like really funny cause more people just really interested in that idea. And I guess this is where the whole, like, even the podcast has come about is like people going like, what the hell were you on um, with a nine week old baby and going, okay, you've had a staff member leave. That's like knows you back to front and you've got a new person on who obviously is brilliant, but like, they're new, like you haven't worked before with me before and you don't have enough staff to do 50 deals. Yeah. And you also have about six hours a day to work with mm-hmm. because you have other stuff. So, and at that point, your trajectory of back to work in the office was, oh, I wasn't going to come back to work till like June either, yeah. which I and- <laughs> and it was it was three three business days. Yeah, was, yeah. So I guess that's the thing that I forget too. So until uh, I don't forget that until first of January this year, I only was in the office three days a week, um, which is kind of weird because I feel like I'm always in the office because I'm always on the phone. Well, but like I was very much like Ari's in daycare from you know eight till twelve or you know till nap time and then I sure. take him home. So I still think a little baby is easier to do things than a one that's running around the house. But um, so we sat down and I just never doubted. And I mean, don't get me wrong. We're not at a hundred yet, but like we're, we're very, very we're close. Tr- we're we're, tr- we're tracking ahead. We're, get, we're tracking ahead. So we'll get there. And I just was like bulletproof that that's my goal. And I know people were like, why? And why now? And why would you try to go from, why would you try to double your business? Why would you try to do 40% extra this year? And like what's happening in your market that yeah. you don't, that we don't know about? I think there was obviously people who are fiercely supportive and there was people who were scoffing. No, I think even people that knew me were like, you're a dickhead. Like, yeah. why, why? You don't need to do that. But I think it was just a, a sheer shock of you're just taking on too much to actually make this work. <sighs> yeah. But the most interesting part of it was your boss mentality of an unwavering, this is happening yeah. and there is no way it's not going to happen. Yeah. And I, where they does that, that come from? Well, they hate that I say this, but even to like our photographer and our videographer, <laughs> like they're like, no, I didn't. Like they laugh. They were like, okay, and like you've got your Huge baby goal. with you at the photo shoot today. <laughs> like, what are you, like, why is mm. this, why is this important to you? And I'm sure a part of it was from a self-conscious, like I need to prove I've still got it. Like I have no doubt that that's probably mentally unhealthy, but that's probably where it came from. <laughs> but I was also like, I'm a goals person. And you know what? What is the worst case scenario? What is the worst case scenario here? I don't yeah. do it. So who's going to judge me? My bloody, like my family and a couple of people at work and a couple of real surgeons I've never spoken to. Like, I don't care. That's not when you're nearly 30 and you have kids and family in a bigger picture. I don't care what people think now. Like if they are on board, mate, I'm happy. Like I'm, I'm stoked you're on board. But if you're not. Oh. So when you, when you are in a business and you set that huge goal. Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. And that's your idea of success. Yeah. Where, where does that mentality of if 
like th- there is nothing that gets in our way. I'm going to bulldoze over yeah. anything that gets in our way. Like we are doing that no matter what. Well, I think – so this is probably one question that it came up a bit, but like I fought, like rewind the financial year beforehand. So I was at – when we were at the annual awards and I completely was caught off guard that we were like top five in Queensland for number of sales and I had literally just – had Ari like that was the year that Ari was born in February and this is wrapping up 30th of June and like 59 deals for me was not I wasn't stoked with that do you know what I mean I was like oh, I was pregnant and, and happy. we were so like happy yeah, but, but we weren't like no, I was celebrating a, that overly. wasn't my goal put it that way um so when I was like surprised to be top five I was like okay well that was a year that I didn't think I had got the most out of myself do you know what I mean so then looking board anew I'm like okay well and like I said you're not gonna round up to 80 doesn't sound good like you need to go <laughs> you need to go like bigger so um yeah it just kind of started from like let let let's do it but like I said that comes from being competitive that comes from always wanting to kind of aim for the next the next big thing um and that's just always how I wanted to focus so where does that so you need discipline because yeah. there are days where every single obstacle is thrown in yeah. the direction of this goal not happening yeah. or you are six months in and you're slightly behind. Yeah. So what do you change? What men, what is your mentality to be like, that's fine. We haven't got here. We've learned this. Let's move on. Let's not wait for another six months and not get to our I goal. I think one and part reset. of it is that I am realistic as well. Like I said, I'm not going to be disappointed in any part of like myself or my team this year. So I don't think we're going to fail, so it doesn't matter. But I'm also like, it's okay to have a shit month. Like you can't be on all the time. But what we do, we do well. And you just need to go always just continue to go back to basics. But I'm pulled in a lot of directions because, you know, yes, have home and everything like that. And then I have like the team. And like I said, I can have people in my team have a bad day or need a week off or I'm trying to recruit some big fish for our business and they want to catch up. I'm going to go catch up Mm. or like – my boss needs me to be his sounding board. You know what I mean? So like there's always things that I have to drop everything for, but that's where it comes from crazy um, organization and crazy determination and that priority before. Like I'm do- I do not finish my day until everything on my list is done. And that doesn't matter if it's 1 a.m. or 10 p.m. or 6 p.m. Like that's that's what I've – and that's, that's my commitment to myself and that's what I see. Like everyone goes on about like self-love. Like self-love is not massages and getting your hair done. Self-love is like kicking your own ass and committing to yourself the things that you find important that some days are not enjoyable but mm. in the bigger picture are what you need to achieve what you want to do. For sure. I think that when we get to our goal of 100 or over 100 deals, yeah. you're going to look back on that as – be exhausted. A, 100%. <laughs> we're going to fall in a heap. Um, but I think you'll look that as a, a catalyst in your career that like no goal is too big. If you, you know, like you say here, the most successful people get what they want and they make no apologies. Yeah. They are crystal clear with their goals, their directions and their expectations. Yeah. So your expectation of us was that – you may think it's huge and you may think that that's I massive. I don't want to hear you whinging. <laughs> 100%. But we, we need to get on and make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Insane. I think like off the back of being competitive and liking to prove people wrong, which I think a lot of people that I meet in real estate, like, you know, you've got people that come from always being around real estate agents and then you've got people that are like, I come from nothing and I want to provide for my family and I want to like pave a new legacy for my you know kind of yeah. future family so that like I think there's different different platforms but I remember sitting in um a training session um you know with a mentor like years and years and years back and I think I was like 18 or 19 at the time and I remember hearing about these quadrants of like statistics and it was if you're a man under 30 that is the most successful like group of people which 
would resonate definitely within guys that I know and that that's fine. The second most successful was women above, probably not even above 30, like above 40. Like kids are kids are in high school or even left home. They're a bit you more know, self-sufficient. You know, I think women in their 50s, 60s and they're just like giving it a crack and they can do their own thing and they know a lot of people and they're really like, you know, approachable. Like I can think of so many women like that. Anyway, the least most successful, um, you know, quadrant is like women under 30. I remember sitting there being like, oh, cool, cool, cool. Like that's <laughs> that's what I want to be. So, but I also flipped to that and was like, like, I'm going to show you. Like, that's fine. I'm happy. Like, statistics are great, but, you know, I like to, I like to buck the trend. So, um, you like to be the anomaly, not the rule. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so, like, that was something that stood out for me. And then I think, I think something that is still something I'm extremely curious about as I move forwards in like business ownership and, you know, like we mentioned before, like I think there's still a fair bit of sales, you know, perception of a boys club and it's probably true in a lot of businesses. And I think, I think our company, like our company is a lot of women, but definitely like at the, at the top end of sales, like it, it drops off for sure. I think Ray White as a company have been working very hard on, putting our working mums and our like bomb women in the spotlight, which obviously I'm grateful for as a, you know, part of that business. But I think that's definitely trying to trend. But I still think like, oh, look, I love to read articles about how there's less women CEOs and things like that. And obviously I understand that in sales, it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. If you're better at your job, you're going to be better at your job. And I get that. But obviously it's something that I think, you know, potentially less opportunity or whatever, or it's just harder to hit the same benchmarks that's something I find really interesting and I also find interesting the conversation around money because I do feel like when I listen to a podcast or you hear an interview of someone in our game particularly who's quite successful it you don't bat an eyelid over some of the male agents who would sit there and say I'm going to personally take home a million dollars this year like that's a normal conversation and you think like your big dogs like Gavin Rubens like you think of these like big like sexy brands in real estate you're like of course he makes a million dollars like why yeah. wouldn't he drives the amazing yeah, of course car. he does he's on a freaking yeah. yacht like that's that's what yeah. that's like the perception yeah he should but be driving a Maserati I feel like if I sat here even with my like hundred deals in heels and everything like that like obviously if I get to that goal which I intend to like Mama's doing fine. Like that is a good mm. year, obviously. But I feel like it's still extremely taboo or kind of cringeworthy if I was to sit here and say, I'm going to rival a CEO's income and I'm going to take home $700,000 income this year. Like that's still quite mind-blowing to people that are used to a woman's places in her house kind of thing. Like yeah. it, still, it still feels like you're in the ages in some of that. So I just think it's a really interesting thing to monitor in, in real estate, but obviously like just in business as that shifts, as it's not that weird to be a mum with kids in daycare. It's not that weird. Well, it's normal. It's a global conversation, especially over the last six to 12 months that a women should be paid equally or, you know. Which is hard because I've always been in sales. So I'm not getting paid equal. Oh. I'm getting paid more than you, man, because I'm making more money. I'm doing more sales. So like yeah. I don't – that doesn't – that that kind of doesn't even For come sure. into my radar. But Do you think it's even more taboo because, I mean – it, it, it was never, I guess, socially polite is the best word. It's not ladylike for me to talk about money. Like I get Is that. it not ladylike or is but it? But I could not. Yeah, but if you, were sitting at, if you were sitting at dinner with a man, um, even if they were the, the sweetest guy ever, a family man, you yeah. know, everything that you have an, as an attribute of a mother and they were just like, yeah, but I earn half a million dollars a year or you're going to be like, like. I said, you don't bat an eyelid. You might be like, oh, you sound like a wanker, but you're yeah. not going to be like it's out of place. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's just an interesting conversation to kind of watch i hope it grows and i hope it changes absolutely and obviously from the sort of 
major feminist part of me that is very like pro women and you know all my friends that have small business and everything and I'm like girl aim higher like yeah don't don't worry about just having an Instagram shop or Etsy shop go to like 15 employees like that's my vibe I think on the flip side what are some of the things as a woman that you feel like make you a better boss so I have this conversation all the time when I'm pitching for a listing because like I have some phenomenal female competitors. Doesn't matter if they're a mum or not. Doesn't matter if they're old or not. Doesn't matter. Like there's some good ones and there's some phenomenal male competitors and they're all at different points in their career. But one thing that I've always um, believed that being in sales and being a real estate agent as, as a woman is like an amazing benefit um, is that you can be like obviously soft and emotional and, you know, buying a home in my marketplace is, um, is, you know, is first homeowners, is people that really do this once or twice in a lifetime and it's extremely exciting and yeah. it's extremely stressful, they, it's overwhelming. They want their and hand I'm, And I'm a cuddler and I'm going to hold you and be like, it's okay. And like that's that's what I love about it. But in the same token, I have clients that are FIFO workers or like absolute like very dominant men that need me to drop an F-bomb to get through to them mm. and you can pull them into line um I, I've recently as recent as this week I've had a client who through really I believe no fault in my own because I do really pride myself on being like professional and kind of above like people will be rude and they have attitude and it has nothing to do with you that's who they are but you know it is a stressful situation for a lot of buyers so that you know that brings out the worst in people sometimes um and just gave it to me on the phone and I just was not going to have a bar of it that day <laughs> and I believe he probably thought I was quite a soft personality that you could you know, push around, I so so to speak, and, and do what he needed to do. And whilst customer service is the absolute centric of everything I do, there's also a point where you go, you're out of line and I'm not going to accept this behaviour from anyone in my world and I don't need to. Um, and and I, I believe I was able to absolute shut it down. And the funny thing is, like, I know that everyone around me in that conversation was like, oh, damn, who's on the phone? Like, that guy is just getting laid out because mm. you can have that. I think you can have the strengths of both, but clients, they want no bullshit. They want you to be fluffy when you need to be and then they want you to cut through and say, I know you want 800000 and it is not, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And I can tell you that with integrity and no guilt because I've done everything I've promised and then some, but this is where we're coming from. But real estate aside, there are, there are, t- there are times to, to be soft and there are times to be where, you know, but even shit's with a, getting real but and even you need an to be real. There's times with an employee where and this is very hard for pe- when people have worked for you for years too because you can let things slide that annoy you but because you're like, oh, I really like them so I want – you know, I just yeah. can't be bothered. With- and and not to avoid that. So I think there's times where you can be very sympathetic with staff when they're having a bad day or when they're not. But then, like I said before, you can pull it in and go, I need you to level up, mate. Like I'm Do not going to you- cop this. This I'm, I need to be selfish for me and you need to be selfish for you. Do you think as a young, fu- fun female boss that sometimes people it's, take a, the piss. it's a slippery slope? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but same thing when your expectations are clear, you can have a very fun workplace. You can have a very loose work day when the goals, when the goals are set and there are, it's black and white. If you, you meet your targets of what your, you know, what your, um, someone expects of you, do what you need to do. Yeah. Everyone's happy when you're meeting what you need to do. You've got a massive to-do list, but you can have a a good time. When I feel like you are bludging and like taking advantage of me or not showing initiative, that's when your back gets up like really quickly. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess to wrap out this little chat, what is the best part of being a boss? Um, oh, look, it sounds so sappy, but like I do love having people to share in 
the the highs and lows like you know <laughs> sometimes some some months there's no lows some months there's like a heap of kicks in the guts like it, it is nice to have someone to like come back and vent to it's it's so cool to see someone come back and be like I've got a listing or I'm going to get a bonus this pay and see like the absolute sort of like sparkle in their eyes that that's going to be something that changes their life or puts them on a path or one step closer to something big for Mm. them like obviously my ultimate goal is to like see everyone that works for me like you know do it not everyone wants to buy a house but a lot of people that work in real estate that's a pretty big goal like buy the house and do this and get married and have a family and, and set their family up for what what's important to them but that's you know as cheesy as it is obviously like yeah. that's that's definitely the big um the big takeout yeah well you're the best thanks for being the best boss. yeah that's getting thanks cut. for chatting Bye. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure you enjoyed the conversation as much as we did to give Ange more Insta followers or to learn anything more, subscribe, like and hit those show notes below.